Well, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Janice M., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Today's Friday, June 30th, and this is the 10 a.m. meeting, Eastern Time meeting, and uh, we are going to be reading in Chapter 5, How It Works, on page 62. We're going to read for context the first paragraph, selfishness, self-centeredness, and we have our comments ready for paragraph two, ending in, we had to have God's help. Now, let me make sure I got this right. Okay, 12 steps, Andy M. 12 traditions, Carrie M. And our first reader will be Stephanie L. Second reader, Kathy Joe P. And our third backup will be Sherry KB. Now, the chair ID, that means there's five-digit numbers for Thursday, yesterday, June 29th, 2017, at the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 10,101. That's 10101. And today's 7 a.m. meeting for June 30th, that's the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, is 10,103. That's 10103. So the OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experiences, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Andy M. to please read the 12 steps of OA. Hi, good morning. This is Andy F., recovering um, anorexic bulimic compulsive eater, uh, currently in Florida. Thanks, Janice, so much for your service. Um, the 12 steps. Uh, one, we admitted we are powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, 
We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 7. Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 8. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to, alcohol, to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Uh, thanks so much for letting me be of service. And I pass. And, and thank you, Andy. Um, I'm going to call the Ginger C. Are you still available to read the 12 traditions? Actually, yes, Sherry KB to read them, Janice. Oh, goodness. I'm so mixed That's up. That's all right. Good morning, everybody. Good. Go ahead, Janice. Janice. Go ahead. Thank you, everybody, for your service. Uh, The 12 Traditions of Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to ever reminding us to place principles before personalities, and I pass. Thank you for letting me give service. And thank you so much, Sherry, for backing me up, backing us up. Okay, this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the direction for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. What we do is we read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement 
for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the B book mean to us. Now to share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. Now in order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Well, today we're going to resume our study. In the big book on page 62, we're going to read two paragraphs, starting with the reading for context, the very first paragraph, selfishness, self-centeredness, and have your focus comments on paragraph two. All right. I will now ask Stephanie L. to please start reading for us. Good morning, everyone. This is Stephanie L., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Southern California. Selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles, driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity, we step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us, seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past, we have made decisions based on self, which later placed us in a position to be hurt. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. Above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of the selfishness. We must, or it kills us. God makes that possible. And there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them even though we would have liked to. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. And man, if I could do this on my own, I wouldn't be here. (laughs) I wouldn't be weighing and measuring my food. I wouldn't be going to meetings. I wouldn't be, you know, working these steps um, like my life depended on it. But I can't do this on my own power. I've tried over and over and over again. And, you know, this is... It's so interesting because this paragraph, I think Bill, you know, of course, because it's all about me, I think Bill W. wrote it for me, you know, it should say, um, you know, so um, it should say, you know, Stephanie's problems are basically of her own making. They arise out of herself. And Stephanie is an extreme example of self-will run riot, though she usually doesn't think so. You know, Um, my natural state is to be in constant thought of me, to be um, full of self-pity, self-righteousness, justified for, you know, um, bad behavior. That's my natural state. Um, And, you know, I had um, an incident like this yesterday. Um, I had to move some things out of storage, and I wanted my husband to do it when I wanted him to do it, and he couldn't do it that way. And, you know, I was just what do you mean? You know, because it has to be the way Stephanie thinks it should be. And, um, you know, by the grace of God and because of this program and that we small voice that says, wait a second, you're being selfish. You know, I could pick up the phone and do a 10 step and work through it with another fellow and then realize, you know what? This isn't about my husband. This is about me and wanting things the way I want them to be when I want them to be. And, um, you know, I didn't have to take it out on my husband. I didn't even have to make an amends to him because, 
you know, I worked this program, I did that 10 step and then arranged it the way he would have it arranged because he's the one who's got to do it. And that is not me. You know, God makes that possible. I can't, you know, I can't will myself to change. You know, um, I work these steps and then the spiritual awakening happening happens and it's done to me, not by me. You know, um, it happens, you know, it happens. God makes it possible. And, um, you know, it's God's will, not mine. Um, and, you know, I think that's enough for me, <laughs> speaking of selfishness. So with that, thank you for letting me be of service, and I'm going to go ahead and pass. Well, thank you. I wasn't timing you. I forgot, of course. Okay. But you did a nice job. All right. Just a reminder where we're at. We're, we're on page 62, and we're going to focus our comments on that second paragraph. So our troubles. Who would like to share next? Courtney uh, I am Laura S. Len P. I have uh, Courtney B. And then I had what, Laura I'm, S.? Yes. Len, Len P. Oh, Len. That's and Sue Wait a minute now. Laura S. Len P. Devorah S. Sue G. Devorah S. And one more. Uh, now wait a minute. Now oh, excuse me. <laughs> I get messages. And I'm uh, I have. I have, who's after Dora S. Sherry K B. Sherry K B. Okay, that is six for us. So we'll start with Courtney B. Please. This is Courtney B. Can you hear me? I can. Courtney B. Northern California recovered compulsive overeater. I just want to say when we were reading this yesterday, my heart was just so lit because, of course, I was self-centered. Hello. Selfish, self-centered. I had no one looking out for me. If I hadn't have been self-centered, I don't know what would have become of me. And and it's just, I grew up in a, I often wondered if I might have been adopted because no one was looking out for me except the dog. I grew up with a narcissistic mom, a dad that was absent. Uh, there was just no one there for me. I felt very scared unprotected, and very much alone. And so, I mean, our whole time was, don't upset your mother, don't upset your mother. And if I tried to speak up, I'd get punished. So, of course, I learned I better take care of me. There was no shame in that game. But, step three, came to believe a power grid and turned my will over to the care of God. That really struck me. The care of God, the care of God. He, oh, my God, there was somebody who cared for me. That just shocked the crap out of me. It was fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. I mean, growing up, so my teachers were my, oh, if somebody paid me attention, I liked them. I didn't care what it was, who it was, what color, nothing. If somebody cared for me, I was theirs. But then you guys said there was a power greater than me. I could, he cared for me, he, she. Oh, so happy to say, take me, God. I don't have to do this alone ever again. I have a power greater than me. I'm loved, I'm cared for. Oh, it was so easy to say, I will be done because I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing, but you do. So happy with it. So this, it wasn't a struggle at all to say, oh, my God, I don't have to care for myself. Guarded all the time, looking around corners, trying to figure out the next move. None of that. So I'm so happy now to say, you know what, God, 
what you will in this matter, what you will, because yours is the best. So with that, I'm under new management, and and I pass. Okay. Thank you much, Courtney B. Is it uh, Leah S. or Laura S.? Please. Good morning. It's Laura S. All right. Um, Thank you, Laura. And I'm uh, welcome, and uh, I'm happy to be able to talk this morning. I'm a compulsive overeater in Virginia. OA has saved my life uh, not a long time ago, though. I'm trying to go through the program. And, uh, yes, I'm very selfish and self-centered because I I, I think I I had to control everything in order not to relapse. And um, I was controlling my food. I was controlling others. Uh, my way, my way, my way, because I was scared. Um, I, I felt very guilty because in my childhood, I'm the first of four, and I was pretty much in charge of them. And my mother uh, kept, repeat, kept repeating me, oh, you're selfish, you should take care of them more, and you're selfish, and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. So um, as an addict, uh, I, I grew up, wanting to be perfect and the, but instead of not being giving and loving i tried to be the perfect laura and to satisfy everybody whether it was my boyfriend with sex whenever he wanted three times a day or um it it was it, i had no boundaries but end of the story it was to please myself and to say to myself, oh, uh, you know, I'm generous and nobody loves me. I don't understand. Actually, making love or having sex three times a day was very selfish because I wanted to keep the guy. Uh, So, yes, I realized I'm very self-centered and I don't deny it. Um, I just don't want to uh, make excuses for that but explanations, we're always controlling because from the very beginning as addicts and food uh, compulsive overeater, there's no choice or, I mean, be 400 pounds if we don't try to control. And uh, it's a scary place to be. Uh, it, it, it takes, I think, some time in the program to accept that we're self-centered and we we can set boundaries, um, and we can uh, work on that because it's a good thing to admit we're not self-centered and, and take care of others, but it's a very thin line, especially for women and abused children, to uh, set boundaries to our generosity or uh, self-giving. And um, 12 step is a wonderful step, but when my sponsees in other programs are being too um, demanding or don't go through uh, uh, the steps, I have to set boundaries. And uh, I think it's not self-centered, it's taking care of myself. Thank you for letting me be of service and sharing. And thank you so much, Laura S. Okay, Len P., it's your turn. Len P. 
Did I get that name right? This is Len P. from sunny California. Sorry for the yeah. delay. Okay. Uh, I love this chapter. I love this passage. Essentially, you know, the, what is the root cause of my addiction? And, and when you drill down and when I drill down with the work I do in the steps, it all comes down to selfishness and self-centeredness. And it, it rears its ugly head in so many different ways. You know, people not following my script. It's real simple. You know, I know better. This is my mantra, you know, and it, it worked when it doesn't, it worked until it didn't work. And so, yeah, you know, I, I'm successful from an education standpoint, from a business standpoint, from a financial standpoint, and, and maybe it seemingly seemed to work. But what happens is when you play hit and run with success and when things don't go your way, all right, now all of a sudden, wait a minute, you know, things went, usually went my way. Now it doesn't go my way. I hit a brick wall. And how do I deal with this? And it's all this self-centered, selfish thinking. You know, do I power drive through a person and step on their toes like the book says? Well, they're going to react. They're going to be upset. You know, if, if someone, if my daughter doesn't do what I want her to do, you know, do I rage at her and am I upset at her? Well, the old Len, not in program, did just those things. And today I realized a couple of things. One is that, you know, I am not the director of the show. You know, the book talks about, you know, a play. And, and, and if you want to, if you want to be the director of the play uh, and things don't go your way, um, you start getting upset. Well, this is, you know, my life. You know, I'm not the director of the world or my life. God is my, is the director. And it's only taken me 18 years in program to figure that out. You know, the, the bottom line is I am not responsible for the results in my life. And that's the serenity prayer. And it's how I react to what life gives me, what God gives me, uh, is, is my recovery. You know, when I get out of self and I went, when I get into you and into other folks in program, other compulsive eaters who are suffering, I get out of my life and I get to help others. That is in what my religion of origin would say is a mitzvah. I'm doing a good deed for others. It makes me feel good but it also helps others. And I think this is what God wants us to do, just help each other, uh, you know, love each other and pull each other out of what the mire of this disease is, this horrible, horrible disease. And by, do, by getting out of self and helping others and being God-centered and not self-centered, uh, then I can be a maximum service to um, my fellows. And, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks. And thank you much, Len P. Good morning to you, Sue G. It's your turn. Good morning. My phone is always very slow, and I want to wait until you call my name, and then my phone is very, very slow. Somewhat how I am right now, recovering from going up for a wedding. I There was a time when I thought that I had the right to stand up for myself when I was treated unjustly. And as long as I did it lovingly, that I was okay. The last time I did that, it didn't work out so well. 
So at the wedding, I have two grown toward middle age um, children. The one got married and the one the one treats me like she's my mother. And that one got in my face and was telling me what to do and rushing me. And, and I didn't like it. And I remember... And, and I remember saying, well, where was I, you know, in other situations like this, where was I selfish? I'm not, I'm not selfish, you know. And then my sponsor told me that selfishness is wanting the person to change or the situation to be different. Whoa, that's me. I wanted my daughter to change. I didn't want her to treat me like that. But I went and excused myself. And I went in another room, and I prayed. And I didn't have any numbers with me, and plus I didn't have my cell phone or my computer with me. Um, just not convenient. Too much packing and everything. But I, it helped, and God got me through it. And um, And then my husband's brother died while we were up there. And... You know, I wanted to tell my husband, well, you need to make a phone call. In fact, I slipped once and told him, you know, I probably really should get in touch with, you know, with Sherry. You know, it's her husband passed away, your brother. And then I kept my mouth shut the rest of the time. It took him two days after we got home for him to make that phone call. But he did on his terms, not mine. So I always remember that, that selfishness. We have to get rid of that selfishness. So whenever I want the situation to be different, which is many times, or I want the person to change, I'm being selfish. Um, And with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Sue G. Devorah S., good morning to you. It's your turn. Devorah S. And here I am. Hi, good morning, everyone. Thank you all on the line. I'm Devora S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And thank you, thank you, God, and everyone here. Oh, so uh, selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles. And, you know, honestly, I thought the root of my problem was that I couldn't stop eating, that I just, once I started, I couldn't stop. I had no idea that my, my selfishness was that was it that was the thing but yeah and you know the more I stay recovered and the more I keep doing this work I realize how selfish I am and I I have been um honestly I didn't know I was such a selfish person when I was 250 plus pounds sitting on the couch not being able to move and directing everybody around I I didn't realize I was selfish I just thought that everybody else had a problem and if I could only just get my um, food under control, then uh, everything would just be fine. And then you'd be better off. And, you know, I'd be just, everything would just be fine if you just listen to what I say. And if only I could lose the weight, then 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 everything would be so much better. And the lo- longer I'm in program and the longer I stay recovered and the more work I do, I see how this selfishness has really, how it brought me to where I was. Um, you know, I I did not know how to be a um, a caring, giving, loving person because I was so into what my needs were, and I was stepping on your toes so that 
um, my needs got met. And, um, and if you didn't want to do what I wanted, then, and my emotions were out of whack, well, therefore I just, you know, you know, ran into my room, covered my head, and, you know, I didn't want to deal with life all around me. And I, and I binged, whatever, I just binged. You know, and I love what was said earlier today in the meeting, the earlier meeting was, it's the pile up. It doesn't say anywhere in this paragraph about food. It doesn't say anywhere in this paragraph that the substance was causing me, you know, to, you know, that was the problem, that the substance was my root of the root of the problem. It was a pile up of human emotions, and I didn't know what to do with it. So I just ate. So it was, a, it was the, that was the solution. And it caused me to get deeper and deeper into myself and into this, um, world of all about me and wanting everyone else to change so that I could feel better about me. And, you know, thank you, God. Thank you, God. You know, I, you know, putting down the food and getting abstinent and being willing to listen, being willing to listen how you recovered and what you do on a daily basis and working this program you know, to the best of that, that I can. I'm not perfect. Believe me, I'm not. You know, someone talked about their husband not doing what they wanted. I totally relate to that. I totally get it because I have a husband too and I have children too. And, you know, daily I come to these challenges. You know, they come to me. But, you know, but I have these tools and I have a higher power and I, I have this fellowship that is teaching me and showing me. And, and I want to do it. The first step is that I want to do it and I want to change. And it's in God's time when all these things will be time. removed. And, um, and I'll pass. Thank you so much oh. for letting me share. And thank you, Devorah. Okay, Sherry KB is going to be next, and then we'll have a promo. Sherry, Good morning, please go Tina. ahead. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader. I just love this program. I love this book. I just like Wow, welcome to, if you're new on the line, this is going to be a great ride, I promise you. Um, where do I start? Um, God makes everything possible, um, but I must, I must rely on my higher power is what it's telling me. I have to. I have to ask for God's help. Um, yesterday I had, let's just say, the day from whatever. And, but you know what? Um, there's things in this book that help me so much, like, you know, it says the proper use of the will is on page 85, and it talks about how we have to constantly exercise our will along the line of our higher powers will. That's the proper use of the will. And then it tells me, you know, if I'm still trying to run the Sherry show, I'm going to burn up all this energy and stuff that I don't, that is so unnecessary. Yesterday I had uh, phone problems, and I had to do the AT&T sick man's prayer. And um, so... Um, you know, and it it says right here, and this is in um, these are like the um, the eleven uh, step promises. Is that you know we constantly, when we're agitated or doubtful, we ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we're no longer running the show. Humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, "Thy will be done." And then we are in less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self pity, or foolish decision. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily. But we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It works. It really does. And I'm telling you, this stuff works. And, you know, putting down the food, picking up the steps, aligning my will with my higher power's will, I don't burn up 
energy like I used to, and I, I just notice I don't get myself all worked up anymore the way I used to because when I – if my level of my serenity is equal to my level of turning my will and my life over to the care of my higher power, if I'm down in the throes of self-centeredness and selfishness and self-pity, I'm not a very happy camper and I'm not very serene. And so that's where I can do an emotional barometer check-in. That's why I love doing 11-step work or doing 10-step work when I'm disturbed. I do a 10-step. 11 steps throughout the day. I pause. I, I When I retire at night, when I wake up in the morning, I've got to have God in there every day, every nook and cranny. Otherwise, I'm trying to run the Sherry Show again. And it's just like my disease. I thought the food was bad. My self-centeredness, my selfishness, that's the disease too. It's just... You know, it just when I put the food down, I really saw what the real problem was, and it was between my ears. And I need my higher power every day to work these steps and to be of service and feel useful and to be happy, joyous, and free. And I need the support of you guys and my, and all the fellows. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Perfect. Okay, thank you, Sherry KB. Okay, at this time, uh, we're going to have a brief announcement by Ginger C. Please go ahead, Ginger. Yes, good morning, everyone on the line. So go, go, go. I cannot encourage you enough to go to the power of the big book, a vision for you convention. This convention saved my life and could very well save yours. So when is this convention? It's September 15th through the 17th of 2017. It's in Newark, New Jersey at the Liberty International Airport Marriott Hotel and Convention Center. All details can be found online at www.avision4u.info. And now back to the meeting. Cool. Thank you so much, Ginger C. Okay, before we take the next group of names, just a reminder that we're on page 62 and we're commenting on paragraph Two. Who would like to share next? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. It's Reggie O. Okay. Do, yeah, who, who is it? Wait, now, wait a minute. Reggie O. Who's interrupting? What, what did you want to Yes. I'm sorry to interrupt. It's Laura S. Uh, about that announcement, I, I want to go, but I'm uh, tired on money. I'm broke. So I will go with my car and I will attend the meeting. But if someone wants to share the room at the Marriott, my phone. Okay. What you, what you can do? Do you have a, Do you have the internet? Yeah, but it doesn't work like that. I've, okay. I'm told what not are, to. Okay. When the newcomer okay. reader comes, you you can give your name. Okay. And number, and somebody will you'll get connection. All right, dear. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right, Reggie. Oh. Liatio. Jody EQ. Don K. Leia M. Wait a minute now. I heard Leia M, but I heard something Q. Liatio. Jody. Jody EQ. Jody. Jody EQ. Okay. Wendy. Who else? Wendy M. Let's do Leia M. Wendy, what was your last your first initial? Wendy, what was your first initial? Huh? M. Okay, got it. And I heard a gentleman. John, is it John? John, John K. Got it. All right, let's do those five. So, because like, I have to leave on time here, because they'll fire mm -hmm. me. Okay, Reggie, Reggie O, it's your turn. 
Hey, good morning. Uh, thank you so much for your service this morning and everybody here. Well, this is such a great, these paragraphs are so great. And, I, you know, it's just looking at this selfishness, self-centeredness. Okay, what's, my, what's, what's really my problem? Selfishness, self-centeredness. Well, I'll tell you, that was a real surprise to me when I learned that that was my problem. And I remember the first time I heard the last, sentence or read this heard or read I don't remember which it was the last sentence of that first paragraph at some time in the past we have made decisions based on self which later placed us in a position to be hurt Uh, you know I remember I didn't really know what that meant at the time that I heard it the first time but it just struck me and I knew there was something about it was was true and uh, and you know and and then our troubles are our troubles are basically of our own making. Hearing that this morning, reading that this morning, you know, and new things come up every time you read the same thing in this book. Uh, but it, it actually gives me a great sense of peace. <laughs> you know, it's like if my troubles are of my own making and they're not created by some circumstance or person or, as you know, people in programs said, some, said sometimes people, places, and things, if, the, if that is not the root of my problem and it's me, then I don't have to run the world. Which, interestingly enough, is what I was trying to do, uh, you know, that talks about the director and the actor. And uh, I was trying to do uh, God's job selfishly to make my life and myself better. And when I, you know, there's something, I still do that sometimes, you know, it it just gets better and better in program. We continue to grow and change. But uh, if I, when I think about not doing God's job and letting God do God's job and not only take care of situations outside of me, but take care of my, my issues, it like takes this great, uh, almost like pressure and weight off my back because, you know, I'll tell you, trying to, trying to run the show has, uh, it's it's uh it takes so much energy it's wearing it's very wearing and uh and i you know i we restore in this program we recreate and we restore and i think a part of that restoration is because we're doing what our you know we're doing what our job is and not trying to do you know i'll speak for myself i'm doing my job and not trying to do everybody else's job and that's you know that's still that's a work in progress for me and the more i do it the freer i am the more i do it the more energy i have and the more i do it the really the happier and more at peace i am you know and then it it says you know, we must be rid of this god makes that possible uh we couldn't do it by wishing or trying on our own power we had to have god's help you know, which early on the book tells us that, you know, that's the issue. You know, first first step, powerless. I'm powerless over my compulsive eating, and my life has become unmanageable. I've become powerless over that, too. And then we seek to create a relationship, develop a relationship with a power greater than ourselves who can do for us what we never could. And uh, I just, that makes me very happy to be reading this and thinking about that this morning. And, uh and of course, the way our part is working the steps, and uh, that's how we get there. Uh, so, with that, I'll pass. And thank you, Reggie. Oh, okay, Jody, EQ, your turn. Good morning, everybody. This is Jody EQ, gratefully recovered this morning in Palm Springs, California. So, gosh, yes, selfishness, self centeredness is the root of my troubles. That was a surprise to me as well, as well, because, oh, I was so kind and so, 
so uh, good, I thought. But in reality, I was that person who was being virtuous and kind, uh, patient, generous, modest, self-sacrificing, all in an effort to get what I wanted. So I was, I was deluded, and I still can be. I shouldn't use the past tense. I still can be. I have this tendency to want to change you rather than keep the focus on me. I still do this. I still want to change my daughter, my sister, the government, the world, humanity. I want to change what's outside of me because for some reason that's where my focus tends to go. It's a constant effort to turn it around and bring the focus back to myself. Why I do that, I don't know. But it's definitely a a pattern that I am noticing more and more. There's There's like an obsession almost with people and things outside of myself. If only they would change, I will feel secure. I will be okay. But in reality, it's only in turning that magnifying glass around to a looking glass and looking at myself that I'm going to be of any service to anybody else. I need to be the change that I want to see in the world, not try to get others to change. And these steps and this reliance on a higher power is the only way I can do that. I cannot do that on my own. As I said, all my life, my tendency is to focus on others. Only God can help me shift that focus to myself and to really change myself, which is a full-time job, a full-time job to recover, to change and keeping that focus on how I can do better and be better and be a better channel of my higher power is where I want to keep my focus just for today. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you, Jody. Wendy M., it's your turn. Yes, good morning. It's Wendy M. from Colorado, specifically Steamboat. Spring, God's country, it's gorgeous here, and thank you all. And Janice, thanks for your um, service this morning. So the the only thing I really want to comment on is this. So our troubles we think are basically of our own making. That to me is a revolutionary sentence. Wait, what? I thought my troubles were because of you. It was always your fault. If I'm uncomfortable in any way possible, I'm going to blame you. And I didn't even know that. Until I started working vision for you. I didn't know I blamed everybody. I blamed everybody. But here's the good news. This is such good news, right? Because it says, it's my part. And, you know, it's funny. You know, I, I kept thinking, no, my son's just difficult. He's oppositional. Um, and it turns out that the trouble with the parenting is of my making. And we had just an explosion of wonderfulness yesterday. What happened was I was just desperate in terms of my parenting. And I finally said, okay, God, I surrender. I have no idea how to do this. 
And the minute I said, I have no idea how to do this, um, God, like, it was crazy. I don't even know how God does this, but God just entered, you know, and said, I'll take over. We're good. You've surrendered. Um, and you've admitted you have no idea what to do here. Um, and it turns out um, that I've just not been listening to my son. I've not given him any airtime. I shut him down out of fear. I shut him down because I don't know how to parent. And um, anyways, my son and I just had this incredibly open, wonderful discussion. But what happened was I looked at my part. Like I I would say, you know, um, oh, my gosh, what I'm hearing is I shut you down and I don't listen to you. I don't listen to you. And, um, and, and, and everything became incredibly light and free. So I just want to say this is such a freeing sentence. Thank God it's of my making. That means I get to go do something about it. And it means I get to stop blaming others because that just keeps me blocked from God. Um, so this is such good news. I love it, my troubles of, of my making. Beautiful. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you, Wendy M. Okay, Leah M. and then John K. If you can do about two and a half minutes, that would be great. Thanks so much. Thank you. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. You know, (laughs) this was very helpful information for me. You know, when I came here, um, you know, I thought food and weight were my problem. Food and weight were not my problem. They were symptoms of a problem. And, you know, I didn't have a rough time compulsively overeating. I did that very well. I had a rough time living. I did not understand that until this text and the program of recovery was brought to life for me. Um, You know, I always thought that external conditions were going to be a remedy for my internal condition called addiction, called you know, unmanageability, and, you know, no matter how I desperately tried to rearrange the characters on the stage or, you know, think that certain outcomes would make me feel comfortable, um, you know, it was proven wrong. I just was never comfortable within myself, and I was the architect. I was the author of my own misery. Nobody was creating this pain. No one was doing this to me. The program of recovery taught me that I needed a new mind. I needed a spirit guided mind and I was going to get that through the 12 steps, through this process because the antidote to this self-centeredness and this over uh, you know, preoccupation with self was going to be God-centeredness. And that's exactly what the program of recovery has done for me. The program of recovery gave me these steps that I press into, continue to press into, that remove the disturbances so that I can be comfortable, so that I don't have to self-destruct by my own hand by taking that first bite under the guise of seeking ease and comfort. You know, I binged to change the world I felt, the way I felt, and to make the world less threatening to me. And thank God, you know, the program of recovery is like the art of remaining undisturbed. These 12 steps, which I need to implement every single day, allow me to get comfortable within myself so that I can be available to all those and all those situations and circumstances around me. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Oh, and thank you so much, Leah M. Okay, you can finish it up in a couple and a half minutes. 
John. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. Uh, my name is John Kiernan, recovered compulsive overeater in Los Angeles. Thanks, everybody on Team Friday. And our troubles of our own are our own making. It reminds me of one of my other favorite lines from the big book on page 133, which says, avoid Ben, the deliberate manufacturer of misery. And God knows I did a lot of that. You know, these paragraphs, they, they all talk about the core of the problem, right? Uh, self-centeredness, self all the other ones, self-delusion, self-seeking, self-pity, you know, self, 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 self. But when I look and I try and look at the big picture on this, what are these things really about for me? They're about fear. Why, why am I can, trying to control so much? Fear. Fear that I'm not going to get enough. Fear I'm not going to get things to go my, my way. And, and why do I have that fear? Well, lack of faith. You know, a few paragraphs, paragraphs back, it, it says we were at step three. You know, and that means to me that we had advanced past step two, which talks about coming to believe in a power greater than myself. You know, my fear and my self-centeredness uh, mainly came from me not believing I will be taken care of. You know, and there's a great quote in the back of the book. I think it's like 559, I think it is. Uh, we are taught to differentiate between our wants, which are never satisfied, and our needs, which are always provided for. And I can look back at my life and know it's true. My wants weren't always taken care of. My things I think should have gone my way weren't. But you know what? I look around. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Everything's turned out fine. For me, I needed to have that faith that my needs would be provided for and that everything was happening exactly the way it was supposed to. Not my way, mind you but the way my higher power wants it to be. And the thing is, is that's what the program is telling me. I need to get congruent with the way things are and not keep banging away, trying to have them not be. And when you get that, and that comes down to the three sentences in the, in the, the serenity prayer, you know, uh, you know, accepting things I can't change, having courage to change things I can't. And this whole big book and the whole rest of my life is about getting that wisdom to know the difference. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you, everyone, so much for this meeting and keeping on time. Okay, I want to um, give you a share ID, a five-digit share ID for today, which is Friday, June 30th, 2017. For the 7 a.m. meeting, Eastern Time, is 10,103. That's 10103. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164. Followed by the serenity prayer. Okay, will Kathy Joe P. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you have not got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great, great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.